Uh, I'm not worried about that. I think uh, I've never really been worried about, uh, again, the result. Yes, he's back for another go. Luke Donald is returning as Europe's Ryder Cup captain. You just heard him there right at the very top of the show. And you'll be hearing more from him on this week's episode of the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. So hello, Michael McEwen here. Welcome and welcome to December. Christmas is almost upon us. Fantastic scenes. Counting down the days until I put up my tree. One more day to go because we're like that in the McEwen household. Common. Yes, as we know, Bryce Ritchie is not a big fan of putting up your tree early. He's also not a fan of artificial trees. He's not a real fan of Christmas, if I'm being honest. That's anyway, untrue. Good morning, Bryce. Good How are morning. you? Good morning. That's well done. Well done on uh, doing that intro for the second time. Yeah, so thanks my, for turning your phone off. Yeah, my phone went off and Michael. Michael actually had a really good intro there and then my phone went off and yeah, I got shouted at. It was better than this one. Yeah, true. Uh, no, putting your tree up uh, weeks before Christmas is common. <laughs> Even putting it up when it's not real is even more common. So yeah, Alex, when do you put your tree up? It's up December the 1st. Yes! I, uh, <laughs> I'm very, but well, it can't in, my be defense, real. in my defense, Bryce, I'm common. So I um, very much, I, you know, when you walk around your neighborhood in like the middle of November and you see Christmas trees up and you think, oh, come on. Like that, that's going to piss you off for the next eight weeks, that yeah. tree. And then you see like a cat sitting in the window and you think, that's even worse. You've got pets and that's just going to infuriate you. I can't, I can't stand it. December the 1st until January the is 2nd. It, is it real? And then we're gone. It's fake. Mine, mine is fake. Yeah. I, honest, I just... I've got a carpet. Come on. So like, what, what's the rule then? Seeing, seeing as you seem to know the rule, what's the rule? There are no rules. It's called respect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mutual respect. Jesus said of a fake street. tree. So come on. No, we'll be putting ours up tomorrow night. It's always a big ritual in the McEwen household. Things get moved out the way. Piano gets moved into the dining room yeah. and the tree goes up. We have a Christmas movie on in the background. Yeah, to be fair, I might put mine up. I might put mine up next Saturday, a week earlier than we normally would. There you go. Yeah, a bit more light of, life out of it. I went to school with a lad whose mum used to put it up on Christmas Eve and take it down on Boxing Day. What? Wow. She sounds like fun. Just the wow. most... She also used to charge us one pound each for picking us up from parties. <laughs> what? No way. Are you are you kidding us on? No, no. We used to we used to go to like a friend's house for like a party, like a whatever you what house party, I guess you call it. And she, when we were like 18, 19, she used to charge it. We're talking like four miles, like the next village over, like four miles. We're not talking like a picking pound. us up from Kent. I, I'm going to be honest. She sounds like a massive dickhead to be, to yeah, be honest not, with you. That's not well, good, she's dead now. So. No, she's not. <laughs> Say, that's she karma. froze to death with yeah. the fucking eating on. Thoughts and prayers. Rest in peace. Go on. You miserable cow. Anyhow, Alex Perry, Bunker Associate Editor, how are you? You doing well? I'm absolutely shattered. Mm -hmm. I went to Lapland yesterday in Windsor. Didn't get back until about two o'clock in the morning. So I'm not only knackered, I'm still defrosting. <laughs> so I'm standing, so just I'm to standing check, by the heater today. Lapland's actually in Finland. Not Windsor, so this is some sort Lapland of Lapland stretches across Finland and Sweden, I believe. Does it um, really? Yes, this is a this is a Lapland in the UK. It's look, it's it's really well put together. It's incredible. Like the actors, I sort of feel a bit the, the actors who play the elves. I feel a bit sorry for 
because you sort of look at them and you're thinking you're really good at this you're clearly good at entertaining the children and doing what you need to do but this isn't what you wanted to do with your career (laughs) (laughs) but no it is really good i mean look it's it's a ludicrous amount of money it was something like 600 quid or something mental like you can go to the real lap land for that i know it was ludicrously expensive for what was essentially three and a half hours of entertainment and the kid was for the kids so i can't get cross about it but on the way down i had my a, a journalism first i i had to stop at a service station to interview a player I had a very fun chat with mr eric van royen which was good and yep definitely never done that before where i mean I'm, <laughs> I've, I've heard horror stories from the industry where people have interviewed people but uh yeah i think michael yeah, interviewed was... bubba watson in uh like a sainsbury's car park and asda like and asda yeah, car amazing yeah. he was he was early phoning me he was meant to phone it like because it was on the hour and he phoned about 20 minutes too and I had a basket full of shopping that I had to just abandon in aisle two. Run <laughs> you were in the, the shop. Door. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was in the shop. I was buying some groceries. I, honestly, I abandoned the basket in the middle of the aisle and ran out the shop. And as I'm leaving, I could just see this customer service. You know, those really annoying, very, this is the most important job in the world type of customer service people. You can't leave that. They there. were walking across to me and I'm just like, sorry, I'll be back in five minutes. Probably 20. Just, I'll explain all when I come back. So, oh, okay, right, fine. And I came back in after speaking to Bubba, who was tremendous. Walked back in, and the guy's standing, waiting for me. Over your basket. Is everything okay? I was like, yeah, I was just speaking to Bubba Watson, mate. He's like, oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Always like, no idea who it was. (laughs) Just still using his pink shafts. (laughs) I understand, Alex, you were wearing uh, golf shoes. Oh. I would, yep. Oh, okay. a nice little a nice little callback to last week's podcast. Yeah. There you go. Listen, uh, yeah, I did wear golf shoes because it's uneven well, ground, uneven ground, and muddy and cold. And I just thought golf I'm not shoes taking my nice trainers in. I don't, okay. I don't really have anything else I can wear. Were I there any other dads wearing golf I have shoes? Trainers. Were you the only dad wearing golf shoes? I wasn't looking, but there was a lot of walking shoes. Yeah, okay, that's I'll what I would say. You. But I, but I don't have a pair of those. Were you just so. looking to have a wee icebreaker there with Santa? Because I presume you met him. So, you know, walking into the grotto and there he is. Ho, 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 Food Joy Premier Series. <laughs> Someone's doing well. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> yes, that was... Uh, that was the sort Tarlow of, model. I was, I was flashing them under him like... I was and, a classics fan until they got rid of that <laughs> brand line. So and then Santa I moved is, into icons, so, yeah, which Santa's is quite fitting for me because I am an icon. <laughs> Why has he got an English accent? I don't know. That's a good point. Why does uh, Santa have an accent? Don't know. Because if he's from the North Pole, I've never heard some. He's North not. Pole Santa before. doesn't exist. The Santa I met last night had a South African accent. If that's any <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. You can't. No, that's Gary Player. <laughs> South African. I mean, he's not Santa. All oh, right, he's one of the elves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Go and sit up there on Santa's knee, little boy. Uh, <laughs> and whilst you're up let's there, do on. some crunches. Right, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, what, while we're on South Africans, Van Royen was very good. Interview coming up in a soon issue of Bunker. That's not a sentence. A soon issue. Yeah. yeah. Thank God oh, you're listen, not doing the marketing. Listen, Alex. Nobody asked. They'll just read about it in the next issue. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Let's move on. You, uh, you can do this, but oh well. There's there's a wee bit of an announcement. We we were going to podcast yesterday, but uh, we were pissed, so we did it. We actually 
We have made a promise that we will do a podcast when we're a wee bit half cut, and I might. The Christmas party feels the, like a good a place as any. Yeah, the the last podcast of the year. So I think we're going to pod next week, and then the one after that might be the last one of the year. Might might bring the beers in for that. <laughs> Could see how it goes. <laughs> like if if people want us to podcast drunk, we will. If people want I'm, to send us the beers. Yeah, it's hugely unprofessional. Uh, but I mean, Callaway have already given us the money anyway, so it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we could do it, but. Slight announcement, Michael won't want to do this himself, so I'm going to do it for him. We were at the PPA Scotland Awards on Wednesday night Mm -hmm. after Celtic get pumped again. (laughs) And uh, usually that would not be a night of celebration, but it was uh, because we had a little bit of success that night. Last year we went to PPA. First time for everything. First time for everything. (laughs) Last year we went, we were nominated five times, we won nothing. The year before that we were nominated twice, we won nothing. On Wednesday night this week we won three awards. A hat trick. A hat trick. A treble. Um, It's the first treble I've had any experience (laughs) of for a long time. Michael got the double. Michael won writer of the year and columnist of the year, which is awesome and well deserved. Thank you. And we won Consumer Magazine, or Consumer Title, as they would say, of the year for Bunkered. So, uh, congrats to us. We're now patting ourselves on the back. We did get pissed. The young team, (laughs) I I got pissed, but I still had to go home about midnight. But the young team were out clubbing and standing in bars and misbehaving. And good luck to them. But that was too old for me. I was in a bad way yesterday morning. I was telling uh, telling the guys downstairs earlier, and <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this or not, because I don't remember much about yesterday, but I got up when my wife's alarm went off the back of six and thought, you know what, I actually feel okay, all things considered. You know, had a skin full of alcohol, but I, I feel all right. So I thought, I'm just going to walk this off, I'm going I'm to run with it. Went downstairs, tried to make myself some toast, missed the toaster three times with the bread, the little slot, trying to put the bread in the toaster, missed it three times in a row and went, I'm still pissed. Go back to bed. Back to bed, yeah. sleep it off. Yeah, my cat woke me up at five in the morning for food and I, I don't know how I got down the stairs. So, <laughs> uh, we didn't win podcast of the year, but to be honest, we are podcast of the Maybe year. Maybe this anyway. is why. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's probably this kind of Because I think we've done about, what's that? Eight ten minutes, minutes. Something like that, ten minutes. We've not actually talked about some of the news that's coming on. We've even got the Ryder Cup captain on this podcast. <laughs> and we're talking about toasters. So, <laughs> to be honest, let's move on. Shall we move on? So let's move on. Excellent. So you mentioned him there, Luke Donald, the Ryder Cup captain. He is back once again for the Renegade Master. That is a 90s reference. I don't even know who sang that, but I'm sure somebody did. Anyway, Luke has returned. Not a huge surprise, I don't think, or maybe it is. We'll discuss that. In about 10 minutes' time, because between now and then, you're going to be hearing from the man himself shortly after his official unveiling as the 2012... 2012? Well, that's lies. After the 2025... As the... Oh, fucking hell. Shortly after he was unveiled as the 2025 Ryder Cup captain for Europe, I jumped on the phone with him. I didn't stumble over my words like that, fortunately. (laughs) And we had a very good chat. So here he is, Ryder Cup captain, Luke Donald. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, delighted to be joined now by the returning Ryder Cup captain for Europe, Mr. Luke Donald. Luke, thank you for joining us on the Bunker Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, been uh, some big news today, so very, very exciting. <laughs> very big news, very big news indeed. So first and foremost, congratulations on on getting the gig for a, another go. 
Tell me, when and where did you make this decision? Because I can't imagine it's one that you came to very easily. Well, I mean, it started on the Sunday uh, of um, of Rome, lifting that trophy and hearing, you know, all the guys chant two more years. At, at that point, you know, I thought I had to really seriously consider it, um, you know, if that was an option for me. And just so humbling and grateful to, to hear that from the guys. Um, obviously, I took some time away with the family to, to enjoy it and, and savor the moment. But, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, yeah, I met with some of the guys at Ryder Cup Europe and we, we discussed the, uh, the opportunity about doing it again so yeah I, I, again I've, I've said this a few times today I think uh, it's not often you have these great opportunities come your way and this is certainly one of them um, I had such an amazing experiencing experience doing it in Rome and uh, this will be a tougher challenge but uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to be at the helm again quite right too you mentioned that a tougher challenge is that simply because it's an away fixture and away away matches are so hard to win yeah, exactly. Um, you know, history shows that it's it's tough. The last time we won in in the US was 2012, um, and the last time that you know Euro, uh, US have won in Europe was uh, some 93 or something. So um, yeah, a long time ago. Um, we we know in sports that being away is is always more difficult. The, the home team really used the the energy of the crowd, and I think. Um, you know, especially in a Ryder Cup. So it's a, it's a different challenge. Um, we'll need a different approach, but uh, I'm excited to get to work on it. A lot's been made of the, the fact that you'll be going up against a New York crowd, which, you know, American crowds, they're, they're boisterous at the best of times, but the New York crowds have a reputation of their own. Is that something that weighed in your decision-making to any degree? Well, not really. I think uh, you always, as a, an individual, look for the opportunity and the challenge, and, and this certainly is, is, you know, fulfills both of those. Um, yeah, New York will be loud, and but you know, all all Ryder Cups are. They're always very passionate, very um, full of energy. And uh, I, you know, I played in New York uh, at Bethpage uh, uh, numerous times at, at tournaments, so I know what it's like, and we'll uh, certainly start to think about you know ways to you know, get the guys in the right frame of mind to deal with the crowds. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about uh, this, this opportunity ahead. The best way to silence a crowd as well is by winning. And you've, you seem to have developed a pretty good blueprint, a good formula for that with your approach in Rome. I'm, I'm curious, though, I mean, you're going to have longer this time around, obviously, I think a good eight or nine months longer. So do you think there's anything you'll do differently, given that you've got that amount of time? Will you be able to space things out a little bit better? How, how are you going to approach this? Yeah, I think, yeah, the more time you have, uh, the more opportunities for learning, uh, you know, talking to people, figuring out stuff, figuring out ways to, you know, again, uh, ideally, you know, I want to continue that culture that we created uh, for, for 2023. But again, I think this is a different, um, a little bit of a different animal, a different approach needed because uh, there will be different challenges playing away. So to have a little bit more time to deal with that um, will, will only be beneficial. What did you learn most about yourself and about, I guess, the Ryder Cup that you didn't know before you went into Rome this year? Well, I think, first of all, that uh, the captain's job is is quite full on. It's <laughs> it's like a full-time job. I mean, it really is um, you know, a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions, a lot of figuring out um, you know, how to uh, best go about creating this right environment for, for the players. And again, this will be no different going forward. So maybe having a few more months to, to space it out will, will be uh, more beneficial. But um, yeah, I, you know, again, I learned that, yeah, ultimately, 
you know, if you can create uh, a great culture for these group of guys and get them to be playing for more than themselves, that, uh, you know, great things can happen. And uh, they certainly showed that in Rome. It goes without saying you're putting a winning record on the line. I, I suspect on, on one hand it would have been quite easy and I suppose maybe tempting to walk away having, you know, with a one and done record, but you're back for more. You, you, you are aware that, you know, a different outcome could change your legacy potentially? Yeah, it could potentially. But again, I, I don't really like to think about that. Uh, I certainly could have lost the one in Rome and that might have been disastrous for, for me and um, the way I, I captain. But all I all I can control is, you know, kind of how I go about my business and, and the way I uh, produce, uh, you know, the, 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 the kind of result that hopefully we can get in New York. So uh, I'm not worried about that. I think uh, I've never really been worried about, uh, again, the result. You, you, you just go through the processes, you know, how you think you can be best uh, equipped when it comes to, you know, teeing it up and being ready and when that Ryder Cup goes off. So that's uh, that's only my thoughts and feelings for, for the next 22 months. And, um, yeah, we'll see what where the, the result gets us. So much speculation as well already about who you might be going up against. But let's come to that in a second. What about the people around you? Have you considered bringing the getting the band back together? I suppose if that's I know Nicholas Colsarch would agree with the band analogy, but you know is that something that you consider bringing back all your your same vice captains from Rome? Yeah, those decisions start now. Really, this is mm. day one today, so uh, I'll be having conversations with all of those and trying to figure out the best way. We obviously had a great team and created a great culture. And, you know, can someone like um, Francesco, you know, he, he'd probably want to try and make his way onto the team as a player. You know, I think, you know, having been inspired by Justin Rose at 43, having a great Ryder Cup and having a, a little bit of a, not a comeback, but playing so well individually and making that team, you know, I'm sure he'll have aspirations of, of trying to make the team. So, again, these decisions will be over many months and, uh, over many many conversations, so uh, we'll see where we'll see where we get. And your opposite number. I mean, there's a lot of speculation that could be Tiger Woods. He seems to be, as it stands right now in the Bahamas, putting a little bit of distance between himself and the job. But he is the the front runner, the the favourite with the bookies. What would it be like for you to go up against him? Is that a, is that a prospect that you would relish to have a battle of wits rather than a battle of golf with Tiger Woods? Yeah, again, I'm not really going to get into that right now because it is speculation. You know, I, I look forward to seeing who they name. You know, whether it's Tiger Woods, you know, that'd be great. If it's someone else, great too. But, you know, in the meantime, until that decision is made, I'm, I'm just concentrating on what I can control and starting to put into the processes that hopefully will, will give our team a great opportunity to uh, retain the cup. It would be remiss of me not to ask you when we've got you on the line to, to look back very quickly at, at Rome. We could spend hours and hours doing it because it was such an incredible week. But I'm really interested in what happened after the cameras stopped rolling when you and the guys got back into the team room. We've seen you on the bus. Obviously, you all having a big sing song. But tell me what the party was like. How late did it go? And who had the most to drink, potentially, Captain? Well, um, I was probably up there. Um, <laughs> I probably could tell by some of the media I had to do the next morning. But, um, <laughs> you know, we celebrated. We, um, we we had fun. You know, a few of the guys from the U.S. came over. Um, but, um, yeah, I, 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 um, I was going in between our team room and then we had a party downstairs, which was just all family and friends and bringing the cup around and, you know, 
throwing in a little bit of champagne and letting guys drink out of it. And that was, you know, fun for, for them and fun for me. So just tried to enjoy the night. I think, I don't know if it was Tyrrell or Shane, maybe the last one, maybe Tyrrell. I think Tyrrell was the last man standing. And, well, you've done well to outlast Shane Lowry. That, that's pretty impressive, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And finally, before you go, I have to say, when we spoke, you and I, in the summer, at the Scottish Open, I'd asked you how your Italian was and you said that you were working a little bit on Duolingo and then you rolled up at the opening ceremony and stunned us all with perfect, fluent Italian. It was incredible. The question is, are you going to roll out a, a New York accent at the opening ceremony this time around? Forget about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a Duolingo New York version, but uh, I'll, I'll look into it and uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, for now, Luke Donald, congratulations once again on Rome. Congratulations on getting reappointed and very best of luck for, for 2025 at Bethpage. Cannot wait. Cheers. Uh, much appreciated. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Big thanks to Luke for his time. I know he was a very busy man, but he said, you know, I hear you guys are up for the podcast of the year. So just about I spoke to him before the awards and not after. <laughs> Ciao, tutti, tutti. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you to Luke and thank you to the, the team at Ryder Cup Europe for, for fixing that up for us as well. Much appreciated. So you've heard him there, gentlemen. Luke's delighted to be back. He is very much excited to give it a go and put his legacy on the line and try and win again, do something that no captain has done since Jose Maria Alatabal in 2012, and that's win on away soil. So, Bryce, first and foremost, your immediate reaction to Luke getting the job again. You happy with the decision? You surprised by the decision? Where are you at? Uh, I think it's a disgrace. I think that someone else should be given the chance. He's had his goal. I think it shows a lot of uh, arrogance on his part that he wants to do it again. It's somebody else's turn. <laughs> Listen, what do you want that me was, to say? That was the least convincing yeah. way of acting. <laughs> Listen, I, I like it. It's obviously, I, I like they've done it early. Takes all the speculation out and all the crap that we need to put up with for two, three months. Let him go about his job. He'll, he'll be. I think he'll be very quiet for the next eight, nine, nine months. I don't think he'll really say a huge amount. But he, he was the right man for the job. We all said he was exceptional during that week. He knows he is capable of doing the job. It's whether he can rise to the occasion and get his players to rise to the occasion in a really, really tough environment. Don't make no mistake, it's going to be really, really hard. But he says, you know, I love the challenge. And, you know, there is, there is no one else capable of doing that job. Even if you brought in the best candidate after him, I don't know who that person is because it's not Luke Donald. So... I think they've, they've made a really good decision really quickly and we can all just move on. Alex, the logic is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that's not really been a logic that's been applied to picking a Ryder Cup captain for a very long time. You know, as, as Bryce alluded to with his slightly sarcastic response to the question. You know, it's, it's one of those ones that for a while it's felt like, well, everybody deserves their turn. And I don't know about you, but for me, I've been looking at that going, no. Let's pick the right man for the job. And finally, common sense appears to have prevailed. Absolutely. It's wild to think, and um, we said this a few weeks ago, uh, probably during the Ryder Cup, in fact, but it's wild to think that if Henrik Stenson hadn't gone to live golf, that Luke Donald would probably never have been Ryder Cup captain. Very true. And he actually came away from that week being genuinely considered the best European Ryder Cup captain to have ever done it and absolutely the right decision to 
give him another turn. Why would you waste any time? The last two captains on US soil have been pretty catastrophic, I think it's fair to say, and I think they would admit as much. You know, you and I were sitting on the bus coming away from Marco Simone on that on that Sunday night and we were chatting among our journalists and you know we were we were going over like who could possibly go next like it's we we all came to the conclusion that it just had to be Luke Donald I mean like a genuine question I think did we throw this out at the podcast live I think we did didn't we we were we were saying like genuinely who could do it Mm-hmm. And there were a couple yeah. of, I think Jimenez was a name that was thrown out. Like who? who yeah, who Jimenez has no chance whatsoever. Not a chance. I, I, I genuinely, Paul McGinley. I know he's a TV pundit, and I know that. But every all the players respect him, and he could he could do that job again. Of course, but it, he would have to change his. He would literally have to change his job and his mm-hmm. lifestyle. He would have, probably have to play a lot more golf. Whether that would suit him, but he knows the inside job of being a Ryder Cup captain, he knows what needs to be done. He also let Luke Donald do that job. He didn't critique what Donald had done and anything that he'd done, he, he respected. You know, Luke Donald flipped the switch on Ryder Cup captaincy and how he was doing the the emotional stuff and bringing players in. He flipped it round and he, he, he put his stamp on it. I think Paul McG- if, if if Donald said, no, I'm not interested, I think that actually would, they would have turned, I think they should have turned to McGinley. Yeah. Because I can't really see anybody else out there. I wonder if Bjorn would have stepped in again. Maybe. I don't well, think that was there what is. I was going to say. I think if, if you're going to go for a, someone who's already done it, you've already said it there. McGinley's got a completely different lifestyle now. Bjorn yeah. is still playing. He's still heavily yeah. involved with all the players. I think he would have been the man. Yeah, I think it would have been too much to give it to somebody who hadn't done the job and been successful before. And really, there's yeah. only a. That means there's only two or three candidates. Yeah, I mean, McGinley. He's, he's in a different stage. You know, his career has moved on. He's kind of used the Ryder Cup success as a launch pad for an amazing media career. And it looks like he's going to be getting another very, very big gig very soon. So I, I'd have liked to have seen him do it again. I think he would have been phenomenal at it. But Luke Donald, it feels to me anyway, that he is Paul McGinley but coming up just five or six years behind. So I think he's he's going to do a tremendous job. The question is... What is he going to do differently? And McGinley himself has already hinted that Europe are going to take a, a slightly different approach to try and win an away match. What do we think that is? What is this different? Is it simply so, appointing the captain at like the same no. guy for a second go? Is it announcing him quickly? Or is there something so that else is, that they'll be doing? That is interesting to say that because I think, well, what 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 are you going to do differently? You know, it's in, I wonder if there's things behind the scenes that the players wanted you know, what I find interesting is that they're talking about the strategy already. They know what they want to do and then look at the other side. Yeah, so Sham- true. Shambolic. And I'll tell you something else. Unlike America, you made a good point when you said that you think Luke will be quite quiet for the next eight to nine months, but those changes will still happen. Yeah. We'll never know until they win, if they win, what those changes are because we'll do it in private. We won't hold a press conference with a task force to say, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, and we'll see you at such and such a venue. So everything, I think, will be quite closed door. But I, I do still think there will be quite significant changes. I just can't, for the life of me, think what they necessarily will be. I'm trying try to think what... I don't know what... Do they, the players want something different? The biggest change is we just haven't got a shit captain going into an away Ryder Cup. We've got a, an incredible, an incredibly good one and a proven one as mm. well. But, you know, this is, the, the captaincy role has changed so drastically in the last few years. I mean... 
to use a football analogy, I mean, you think that tactics have always been a thing in football, but think about how that's changed in the last year. And then obviously we move into the data world of XG and things like that. It's exactly the same with the Ryder Cup captaincy. They've taken a data approach. It's phenomenal, especially for, you know, three nerds that are sat on this call, like really interesting to dive into. And they'll take that. Easy with the name, Carl and Alex. <laughs> I know it's a season of goodwill to all men, but it is all men, so I take that personally. But fine, crack on. But no, we are we're in this data world now, and it's 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 phenomenal. And I just love the amount of intricate detail that goes into it. It really sort of taps into my nerdy side. <laughs> but you know, Luke, and he's got obviously uh, Eduardo Molinari and people like that, who is a stats nerd himself. I can't, I'm so I'm I'm genuinely when that news broke the other day I was absolutely buzzing mm-hmm. because it was first of all we were all waiting for it because we all wanted it and the second reason I was buzzing about it was that it's just happened so quickly so Luke can just crack on there's absolutely no point in doing this six seven months down the line totally just agree get on with get on with the absolutely. job absolutely get it get it Can't done wait. get it sorted and that's all that who hat out the way and he doesn't have to deal with all the press people mm. like podcast interviews and things like that in eight months still in the big on. march on, yeah. on Team USA yeah, I, think, I wonder if it's behind the scenes I wonder if the players have said you know what there's too much crap behind the scenes with Ryder Cup I don't get to go to the gym I don't get to relax the way I want to I wonder if they've said maybe we'll go the week before do some practice maybe they don't do the big massive arrival on the monday maybe they're sick of the gala dinner and things i wonder if they'll change a few things but a lot of that is good team bonding i wonder if the players are having more of a say and i think i wonder if luke donald maybe listened to a couple of the gripes from players maybe the senior guys like ram and mcelroy and said is there anything you would cut out this week Mm -hmm. that you could just allow you to concentrate a wee bit more and Maybe you want to work more with a vice captain rather than me, and things like that might be. It might be fine tuning, yeah, which might appear to be drastic to the rest of us, but to them, it's just fine tuning their week and fine tuning something you don't. You can only do if you have that continuity. Mm-hmm. Every single match that's been the same two year cycle, someone else comes in and they put their own stamp so here's, on it. Someone so, else comes in, puts their own stamp on yeah. it. We don't have to worry about that. So here's the question, right, to both of you. Let's say Luke Donald goes to New York, and that was Boston, wasn't it? Where? <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm not going to do that again. Edit that. Out. New York. Oh, a, New York. I genuinely thought you were having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say he goes to New York and they win. And to be honest, let's say they go and win by four points. Does he do it again? I think he should. So do I. But I don't think he will. Why change it? That's it. But equally, it's got to be his decision as well. And I think he would take the view of... It's a massive commitment. You heard him there. He said that it's there's a lot more goes into it than he was even expecting. It's a full-time job. So he would be given up to for basically five and a half years to do the Ryder Cup captaincy. He didn't get into this gig to be a Ryder Cup captain. And if he's successful in New York, then even more opportunities will open but up. His career, opportunities. His career has, what else stuff. is he going to do? What I know. Well, it's not as if well, he's going to do it. Probably thing. doesn't even cut his own grass. <laughs> Maybe he wants to. I don't know. But, I mean, that's the point. Everyone said the same thing about Paul McGinley. Well, what's he going to do now? Well, he's gone on to have a hugely successful post-playing career, post-Ryder Cup career. So maybe Luke's looking at that and going, actually, there's quite a lot of money to be made from TV. He could also be, I mean, he could, I'm not saying this, but he could take like a Sir Alex Ferguson role when it comes to the Ryder Cup. Like, the guy could be 
he could plant himself the director as an of golf. Unbelievable so. position. If he won three in the spin, I think he'd be the first Ryder Cup captain in 30 years to do three stints in a row. Imagine mm-hmm. he won them all. Bernard Gallagher had it three times mm-hmm. and lost twice, did he not? Yeah, so, two two defeats and one victory. Yeah, nice so I, I don't know. It's interesting, but I think the bigger, the bigger question is, who is he going to be facing? Well, that is the big question. Alex, who do you reckon? Who's your money on? Jim Furyk, please. Um, <laughs> Poor Jim Furyk. I don't know. It's it's really hard, isn't it? Tiger seems like the obvious choice, but he distanced himself from that earlier in the week at the Hero World Challenge. But I think that was really because it was, guys, the Ryder Cup's in two years' time. I'm here. I'm making my first start since the Masters. Let's just chill the fuck out and concentrate on this first, and then we'll talk about the Ryder Cup. And the framework agreement stuff. I mean, he, he seems to think that's exactly. the big priority, and they've got a deadline exactly. looming. So I took the words right out of my mouth. So who else is there? Stuart Sink, Matt Kuchar. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Steve Stricker again, David Love again. But, but look, it look what it's been pitched. You started at Tiger Woods, and immediately you're at Stuart Sink. Exactly. I mean, with the absolute I... greatest of respect. Stuart Sink, Ryder Cup captain over Tiger. That's not even the same league. I know, but the PG of America are a very, quite a quirky organisation. Sometimes the decision making is a bit weird. Sometimes I think they don't quite have the lay of the land and fans' opinion. I just sometimes think they get a bit, they make some weird decisions. So it would not surprise me if they interviewed Woods and then went for somebody like Matt Kutcher. But... They need somebody. I'm not. To, it's not an offensive thing to say that Matt Kutcher isn't a huge name when you compare him with Tiger Woods, obviously. But Tiger's involvement with the Ryder Cup has been absolutely chronically disastrous. He's won it once, so they're bringing him in because he's Tiger Woods, not because of his understanding of the Ryder Cup. They're hoping that because he's Tiger Woods, he galvanises the team, like he did when he was playing captain and president's cup. He has failed to do exactly. that as a player. So in the Ryder Cup, he doesn't have that background. You wonder whether he is the sole focus that he is the captain. Mm-hmm. They are playing for Tiger. That would be the first time that's ever happened and whether that would just make them all come together. Well, yeah, that's but the thing. never I mean, managed to get that tw- before with any other captain. the President's Cup, it worked a treat because he was playing alongside Justin Thomas. There was guys on that team who all looked up to Tiger Woods. Tiger was the alpha, absolutely stone cold. Everybody was looking at him going, he's my captain which they've never done before. And I think it's going to be much the same group of players. I know, but you, can't, be there in you just a can't, years time. You cannot compare them. I, I know you're doing it and it's, you're, you are correct, but it's the President's Cup. You just can't compare that to the Raider Cup. It's a totally different environment. They're not playing the internationals. They're playing a, a really well-structured European side who have got history and they'll have huge numbers of fans. It is different. What's surprising for me really is the lack of succession planning with the US 100% because when you look at the vice captains that Zach Johnson had and now it feels like an even more glaring mistake that he made with that group because of how disastrous that week panned out so the only one that could be viewed as a succession candidate is Stuart Sink because then you had Davis Love the third Jim Furyk <laughs> Steve Stricker and Fred Couples now here's one why don't they just go back to Steve Stricker he won at Whistling Straits last time the, the match was played in the US all the players seemed to love him. And by the way, he didn't just win. They battered us. It was such a convincing win. It's the old, like I said earlier, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They, It wasn't broke. They tried to fix it. It failed, so go back to the original plan. Yeah, it's interesting because he said they didn't do hugely a huge amount differently. And Stricker was involved in uh, Rome, wasn't he? He was vice-captain, yeah. Yeah, vice-captain, so yeah. 
He happily watched them do everything the way they did it in Rome, and it was a disaster. He watched all that. They didn't bother to turn up in practice. Mm. They apparently fell out with each other in the changing rooms. There were some players that were refusing to do all sorts of things. Where uh, Zach Johnson said they prepared really, really well. They didn't. They did everything they could do. And then on the Sunday morning, Paul Azinger let it slip. Bollocks, though. I know, that's was Paul Azinger let it slip that Davis Love III told him they hadn't prepared. So they're talking shite in public and in private. They are a disastrous, uh, their approach to the Ryder Cup is disastrous. So I think going back to Stricker, who was involved in both sides, both heavy defeats and a, and a heavy win, it doesn't fill me with, well, it fills me with the confidence that we could have a good chance because I don't think that's the right decision. I know exactly what you're saying, but he was part of their failure. He didn't sit there and go, I don't think you should do this. I think you should do this. You know, they need, I said this at the time after Rome, they need a wholesale, completely new approach to the Ryder Cup. The players are not invested in it. It's not just the captain. The captain has to turn those players around and say, do you take this seriously enough? Are you actually that bothered? Because some of them just didn't look like they were hugely invested in it. They didn't play golf for five weeks. Can I throw out a conspiracy just based on what you've just said? Go for it. Steve Stricker was deliberately shit as a vice captain because he wants the Beth Page gig. Sabotage from within. Sabotage. I love that. So, Bryce, if you were American, who would you want as the captain? You know what? It's another thing we talked about. It's, they actually don't have really any huge... They don't have a lot of options. And that is insane. Because they have basically treated the Ryder Cup with a bit of disdain for quite a while. They don't have... I think they should probably do what the US Sawheim Cup team did and employ somebody who's a lot younger and maybe more in tune. Like with, a Stacey Lewis yeah, type of character. with more in tune with the players. But Matt Kutcher's not that guy. I don't think he's a bit no. probably too old. I would have a whole new approach and I would get somebody. But then I'm trying so to So hang on though. Are you saying that if it was up to you guy. to choose someone, you wouldn't choose Tiger Woods if that was I, on the table? Uh, to be honest, I don't think I would. Okay. I mean, what... What does Tiger bring? His, his Ryder Cup record is shocking. Yeah, I, he's I, lost I seven don't think times. Who, who gives a toss when it matters. comes to that? Honestly, Michael, Michael's laid out why Tiger Woods is a good choice. I think that. I, so I what, agree what, with what that. makes you think he's a good choice? Well, for a start, I'm not disagreeing. All, all, by the way, all, the, all those players who would be on his team have grown up idolising him. They would want to win it for Tiger. He brings mm -hmm. presence. He brings aura. And whether you like the President's Cup or not, he has proven that he can be a winning captain. He's also proven he can be a winning playing captain, which is a nice option to but have. But he couldn't do that as a player because he's partners. He's had a million partners, none of whom gelled with him because he was just awkward If Tiger Woods with. is a playing Ryder Cup captain, he's playing four times with Justin Thomas. So you having him as a playing no, Ryder Cup no, captain? No, I'm not. What I'm saying is he does bring that as a, a sort of wild card, if you excuse the expression, but that's the ace up his sleeve. Luke Donald will not be a playing Ryder Cup captain, so you can dismiss that as a prospect of something you might see and you don't have to worry about planning for it. Tiger comes and says, I'm the Ryder Cup captain. You need to plan for the fact that he may well be on that team playing, which is a distraction that the European team shouldn't have to face and they might see that as a positive from the mm -hmm. American point of view. So I, I think Tiger brings an awful lot. Honestly, see his record in the match, I do not care because... It's not like we're comparing him to Jim Furyk, who's got the worst record of all time. Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods. You're having a guy come mm -hmm. in, though, who is taking his 
place as the most important person in that US side. And it's a guy who has not really shown much respect towards that tournament in the past. Hasn't, it's changed a bit in the last 10 years. Oh, 100% he has. Hasn't played his best golf ever at the Ryder Cup. Mm -hmm. And now he's leading everyone. So whether it's the old, uh, as you just said, changing his attitude changes, maybe he will go all in if he does it. I'm just not convinced. Just give it to Brooks Kepka and make him the plane captain, see how things go. <laughs> Anyway, look, I want to talk a bit more about Woods because he is obviously back. As we're recording this, it's Friday morning. He's played one round of the Hero World Challenge last night alongside, oh, what a shock, Justin Thomas. Oof. I don't really know how to describe the round that he had. He shot 75. Alex, your first impressions of that, is that a number you were expecting? Is that pretty much about where he should be? Are you surprised? What do you think? I'm not surprised at all. He's a, he's just he's rusty, isn't he? We said this the other day. He's just it really is as simple as that. You can't not play competitive golf from April to December and then expect to just go back in and start tearing it up. Okay, this is Tiger Woods. I know that's sort of a bit different, but he hit some awful shots. He he hit some good shots. He looked a bit rusty around the greens, but you know, we're all a bit rusty around the greens. It was I think for me what frustrates me the most is that we see him come out. We see these clips of him which are totally out of context, just clipped up of him swinging and everyone just starts going, he's going to win everything next year. Bryce put a very funny, sarcastic tweet out after seeing one of his swing videos, just saying just only the one major next year, I think, which was, <laughs> you know, for Bryce was quite funny. Uh, but it's... Uh, <laughs> but, there, but there are promising signs, aren't there? So there, there are... Pro like, Bryce can explain a golf swing much better than I can. I'm the last person on the planet that should be doing that. But it does look promising. He seems to have sorted out the problems he had at the start of the year. And the walk, the walk looks okay. We need like a jingle for the walk, don't we? Like, Tiger's walk update. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're Bryce's just ripping off Bryce's back update, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think that's what he's doing. That's the crossover we don't want. I wrote that though, so I'm allowed to rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, go on then. As Alex says, you you understand. The, I'm actually just looking for your tweet because I've had quite a lot of tweets, so I probably missed that particular one. Oh. But <laughs> Alex is saying that you, you know you can explain the swing. So what did you see in Tiger's swing in that first I, round? I, you know what? I think he looks good. I, I do think he is. He's he's pretty quick through the ball. Um, I remember when he came when his last comeback, his uh, swing speed was above average on tour, which is incredible considering his age, everything he's been through. But you saw pictures earlier in the year and videos, and he's very thin. He's uh, he's still got his upper body. He's got that mass. I think genuinely, I think he looks a bit puffy in the face. Mm -hmm. Don't think he's clearly doing the amount of cardio, or because he knows he's obsessed with cardio. Yeah, I don't can't. Think, yeah, I don't think he's doing the amount of cardio he used to do because he looks a bit fuller in the face, and he looks a bit more fuller in his upper body. And his legs, when he's wearing shorts, are very thin. He's lost his calves. He's got calves like me. But he's he's speed through the swing. I think his swing looks fantastic. You know, it's his right leg that's the issue, but he's putting a lot of weight in his left leg. But then he, I, the only thing I think is different a bit more, I think is that he releases his finish a bit quicker than he used to. He doesn't want to stand there and hold it. So I think it's maybe a bit of tension. I think he looks good. Talking to, you know, Lewis and, and our, our performance editor has done a, a good video on our socials and... We were talking about um, some of the things we thought in his swing, and it's actually the interesting thing that he'll struggle with is his putting, because Tiger's a notoriously good putter, and when he gets going, he'll get into a flow, but you don't play a lot of golf 
you don't that's I think that's the one thing he'll probably feel a bit rusty on and he hold a couple of bombs and he then started to make a few mistakes. And if you can't rely on your putting to keep you tidy, I think that's actually it's not necessarily just the swing, it's the sum of everything that Tiger will struggle with. Aside from all the over overly analytical critiquing stuff, he looks pretty good. Um, Genuinely. But it's worth pointing out it is just eighteen holes we've seen yeah. so far. I was kind of expecting to see him you know, swing the club well. I was expecting to see I was expecting to see him walk pretty well on Thursday. I'm way more interested in where he's at come Sunday night. You know, I want to see what that walk looks like after four rounds, four and a half if you include the pro am. I want to see what it looks like then. You know, I'd like to think it will still be fine, but for me that's the big thing. That the issue's never been can Tiger swing the club because demonstrably he can. It's is Tiger physically capable of playing seventy two holes of golf? That is the bigger question, and that's the thing we'll only find out Sunday night, or have a better indication of come Sunday night. He did say, Alex, this week that he, <laughs> I don't know if this is just Tiger doing what Tiger does. Bryce always says he loves the drama, so I, if, if that logic follows, this is definitely firmly in that wheelhouse. But he said ahead of the tournament that he believes he can play once a month in 2024. For a guy that has played, what, 60 times in the PGA Tour in the last decade, to suddenly chuck out 12 tournaments next year. That is grossly ambitious, is it not? Yeah, well, I think we're sort of talking from January to September, really, or January to August, yeah. really, there, aren't we? But it's, I mean, we can have a situation next year where Tiger Woods plays more golf than you two. So that's yeah. a big surprise, really. Yeah. He, but like, it's entirely plausible, of course it is, but it all depends, doesn't it? Because we we saw him at the Genesis at the start of this year. We all talked about, okay, that was pre-surgery. We all got excited. There's, the, I don't like getting my hopes up about these mm -hmm. things because I've seen it too many times where Tigers come out and going, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, he didn't even show up to the second major of the year last year or this year, sorry. So I'm not getting my hopes up. I don't think he'll play once a month. I think he'll probably have a bit of a bigger break between... I, th I think I, I can see him going Genesis to the Masters like he did this year. I think he would have a break. I know you're suggesting, Michael, that he's going to play the players. I just don't think he cares about that tournament anymore. I don't think... The only thing that might make me think that he would go there is to hit just his role on the PGA Tour Bingo. board. Yeah. And he'll just be the saying, thing, well, thing, I've got is, to go there as a representative. The, these are tough events to go to. He's playing against guys that are in form. These are the best players in the world. And he's got to try, never mind playing, he's got to compete. Now, he's already eight shots back. So, he's third, hero, yeah. he's third last. You know, he's got, the other guy that's dead last is Zalatoris, who's making a comeback. Yep. That gives me the fear about Zalatoris, by the way. Big time. But yeah. Tiger is already, he's already really, uh, let's be honest, he's already really struggling score-wise. So, yep. over the, he's got three rounds to pick it up. It's not just the fact that he's playing. It's what is he doing? Tiger's not a guy who's going to turn up and miss cuts. He's putting, you know, he's he's putting himself out there. It's a big, big ask to say I'll play maybe once a month. I suspect he'll only play for six or seven months. Mm -hmm. So, and even then, you might not play once a month. But it's just it is amazing to have him back. Jay Monaghan must be jumping through hoops. Unbelievable for the PGA Tour, considering everything that's going on. Unbelievable to have the guy back. We're all talking about golf again. We're loving it. And all the mainstream news networks are covering Tiger success. But I hate to say this, eventually it's going to go wrong. And it's when that happens and how he reacts to it. 
because I'm not just talking about will he pull out injured again, but it's a huge, huge task for him to find form playing so little. We all know how hard golf is. Even for Tiger, if he's not playing regularly, he is going to struggle. Absolutely agree. And listen, I'm I'm not that worried about his, his score, the fact he's eight shots behind right now. He's only two shots worse off than Victor Hovland, for example, and what a year he's had. So I get it. I'm, I'm just going to hold my horses until we see what the 72-hole score is, if there is one, because it's not out of the equation that he could wake up today gubbed and have to withdraw. So I'll see 72 holes and not finishing dead last as an achievement this week for Tiger. I think that'll be quite good. So it's, I think the scores could come, but your your point about playing his way into being competitive, that's bang on. It's absolutely bang on because the bar's different for Tiger. It should be different for Tiger. Absolutely. Anyway, look, we have more to discuss. Lots more to discuss, in fact, in the second part of this show. So do not go anywhere. Putting is not a popularity contest. But if it were, there'd be no contest. The number one putter on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, DP World Tour, and the number one putter at 50 consecutive majors is Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Welcome back, part two of this week's Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. Thank you for tuning in, Michael, Bryce and Alex with you here. Before we move into more chat, just a a quick heads up, if you will, that the Bunkered Advent Calendar is back as of today. December the 1st. Nice jingle. So for every single day between now and Christmas Eve, We are going to be giving you the chance to win some incredible golf swag. Over £7,000 worth of golf prizes up for grabs on our website this month. You can enter every single day. So basically, the prizes, the competitions will stay open right through until December the 31st. So don't worry if you're listening on December the 4th and you haven't entered on December the 1st. You can go back and you can enter them all. Some really, really cool prizes up for grabs. We're starting it today with a launch monitor. For crying out loud. Remember the days when we didn't have launch monitors to give away We're giving away bags of teas. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. People signed up for that. I cannot wait to see how many people sign up to take part in this. The best part is it doesn't matter if you are thick as shit because there's no questions to answer. Just give us your details (laughs) and you're in the hat. (laughs) So dumbasses, you can play too. (laughs) (laughs) It's inclusive. What can I say? (laughs) So if you want to take part, go to bunkered.co.uk forward slash add event calendar and set it in your bookmarks for the rest of the month because there are some awesome prizes there that you really do not want to miss out on. Right, gentlemen, the Golshen has been released, so it's taking place in Abu Dhabi in just a, a couple of weeks' time, and this is to try and work your way onto Live Golf for next year. I think there's four spots up for grabs. Four spots, three spots. Should think, probably know that. I think it's four. Four spots. So... The field has been released. Obviously, the guys that got relegated from Live last year go straight into there, but then there are some other people who are looking to get onto it for the first time. Among the over 70 players that have entered this 72-hole... Correct. 72-hole... Sorry, say that again. 72-hole stroke play tournament. We have Jason Duffner, the 2013 USPGA champion. Victor Dubuisson, 
who was one of the stars of the European Ryder Cup victory at Glen Eagles in 2014. The countdown is on for his inevitable withdrawal. Jeff Overton, who was on the US team, who <laughs> lost the Ryder Cup at Celtic Manor in 2010. He's Boom, there. baby! <laughs> Boom, baby, indeed. You've got Spanish duo Gonzalez, Fernandez Castaño and Alvaro Quiros. Uh, Laurie Cantor, who was a reserve on the Majestics team last year. And then you have guys, as I said, the, the four that got relegated from 2023. Siwan Kim, Chase Kepka, Jed Morgan and James Pyatt. So, listen, you guys have both had the chance to look at the field. Alex, your first thoughts on it. What, what do you reckon? Well, what has Chon Latit Shunbungam got to do to get a mention? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I... <laughs> I, I, that's the field like, is, that's like no offense to the boy but that's like some sort of racist joking family guy isn't it it does sound a bit like does that does sound a bit like that say, say it again alex what's his name why sean i don't know how to sean latit boongam close enough i guess this is this is, is this how i get cancelled yeah yes. well you just said tit and gam in the same thing so I don't well it was it was fun while it lasted wasn't it lads this is why we don't win the podcast of the yeah, year award thanks, Callaway. so I think the field is exactly how I expected it to be. A few fringe DP World Tour players, a few older veteran DP World Tour players. And then, of course, I, I certainly wasn't expecting Victor de Buisson. That was a surprise. I sort of was expecting Jason Duffner. I spoke to him last year. He was very cautious about what he was saying, which is actually quite surprising for him, for people that know him. But he essentially palmed the question off in a sort of self-deprecating oh they won't want me anyway kind of way but I, I it sort of for me it felt like I was listening to someone who was very very keen to get involved because let's face it his his PGA Tour form has been utterly woeful but yeah 100% but, if someone said to me yeah you got a chance with Rachel Stevens I would say oh I don't think she'd want anything exactly. to do with me but deep down I'm going yes please exactly but the, it, it does make me laugh because of course Yes. Build up to this, <laughs> and here's Michael sitting saying that wearing his Hollister jumper. It's a nice one. Yeah, just be glad it's oh, not just a national merch today. I don't think she'd want anything to do with me. Well, you know, self-deprecating <laughs> kind of way. You've nailed that one. Hollister's Sorry, nice Alex, you were making a very good point. Sorry, Alex, please continue. Hollister's absolutely fine. Michael, don't listen to him. When you're 18, when they were talking about this field, the the big thing was like, oh, there's a major champion involved guys, there's a major champion coming. And you sort of think, yeah, Jason Duffner is a major champion and it was a wonderful victory. And I don't want to take anything away from him. He genuinely was one of the best players in the world for 12 to 14 months. But the fact that he is a major champion is entirely irrelevant in this context, given how much he has struggled since then. Like he's no more... A, a, like he's no more worthy to this field as a major champion as Fernandez Castaño is as a DP World Tour winner. So I find that a bit of a stretch. But I, no, I genuinely like the dude, and good luck to him. And I think it's the same for Jeff Overton. You, you Bryce shouted "boom baby" there, and we were a little bit of a giggle. But this guy, alongside Bubba Watson, gave us what was one of the most memorable moments in recent Ryder Cup history. And then he fell off the face of the planet. He suffered a life threat. Mm, I think he was, very he was having wasn't surgery, he? wasn't he? He was mm. having surgery and then he got a spine, spinal infection. And then he didn't play a, a, a ranking event for something like seven years, but seems to be back playing and all the best to him. Like this is, this is the perfect opportunity for him to get his career back off the ground. If that's what he's trying to do or 
maybe he's just thinking I get on live, I make a shitload of cash and then I walk away into the sunset. And and again, good luck to him. He he sort of feels like he deserves that chance after the, the miserable few years that he's had. Three places, by the way, I should add. The, right. the fourth was taken by Andy Ogletree, who won the International Series. Right. Of course, it, so. of course. Yeah, so there we have it. Bryce, what did you think when you saw the field for, for this event come out? The... Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. They are all guys at sort of the wrong end of the line in their careers. Uh, I like quite a lot of them. Uh, Varo Kiros is a top, top bloke. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet on tour. Genuinely, an absolute top bloke. But he, he will admit he's probably at the, the wrong end of the line in his career. He hasn't had a huge amount of success on DP World in the last few years. Kind of struggled with his game a little bit. Could be 41 in January. Yeah, and he's probably thinking, you know what, can I bank a little cash before I hit 45? Fair play to him, I've got nothing nothing against it. There, there is one name on there, I'm not going to name it, who is a complete psychopath and uh, a crackpot, and he's involved, which doesn't surprise me whatsoever. And I now can't mention the other players because you only know who I'm talking about. But they are a bunch of guys that are sort of staring at the wrong end of their careers, and I accept it. And the rest of the field is made up by... A lot of names we can't pronounce and sort of left field journeyman with the greatest of respect. But I have to say, you know, I didn't like Liv at the start, the way they were doing it. They are got a little bit of a backdoor entry allowing people to sort of qualify for it. So fair play to them. And I think that's a way that if Liv survives the next two, three years, that might grow. So if it's three this year, it might be six next year, it might be nine years, nine spots in three, four years. And then we've got a bit of a Q school sort of format. And all I can say is very, very interesting times. Absolutely. The one name for me that's the most interesting is Lucas Bieregaard. You think back, what was it, just four years ago, in March 2019, he beats Tiger Woods in the quarterfinals of the WGC match play. Two weeks later, Tiger goes on and wins the Masters. And everyone forgot about that defeat to Bieregaard. And kind of everyone forgot about Bieregaard. But he had a spell there where he was really exciting. We were all saying, look at this young guy. He's the next big thing. He's going to be a stalwart of Ryder Cup teams. And he has fallen off the face of the planet. So for me, when I look at that field, the, the names that I recognise, and I have to admit there's a several that I don't, but the names that I recognise, I look at them and I go, yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, absolutely. I absolutely understand yeah. why you're doing it. But do you not do you not think this is to the detriment of Live Golf because this they they've made all this song and dance about this big promotions event, and then the reality is it's just I don't want to say washed up. That sounds harsh, but it's just people trying to players trying to rebuild their career. I think it's definitely not the field that they would have wanted, and I've heard some rumours that the representatives from Live, shall we say, I've heard rumours. I shouldn't even say this because I've not been able to corroborate it yet, but rumours that they were phoning up PGA Tour players and asking them, like PGA Tour members, and inviting them to put their but name I mean, into the hat. I, I, I but that say, stands to reason. Why, I, would, why, I would do that. Why, why shouldn't they? They're yeah. trying to create a business. You know, yeah. they should be doing that. I don't think they're worried really about the quality of their field. Living on a march with the backing to get legitimacy at the top end of one of the world's oldest, best sports. Simple as that. That is what they're wanting to do. They're actually not that fussed about what it looks like now. <laughs> They're fussed about what it looks like in 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Really, that, that's what it's about. This is a box-ticking exercise as well. Of course this. it is. It's all about ranking points and showing <laughs> that they're doing the right thing, Absolutely. that they're not a closed shop. Mm -hmm. 100%. The, the, the biggest players that Liv want to target, 
they will just go out and buy and not make them go through this procedural nonsense of a qualifying John Ram, for example, and a few other names that have been mentioned. They're not going to have to qualify for it. This exactly. is just a, a means to an end, it feels like. Yeah, and I mean, if you go by the news coming out that Ram is effectively going to be announced next week, you know, that's a... No one's looking at a promotions event and wondering, what are the names aren't that great? <laughs> They've got a Masters champion in their ranks. So, be interesting to see. I think what the conversations that are going to be happening in the next two, three months between all the tours are genuinely going to flip how we understand golf. Yeah. Genuinely. Jay Monaghan saying just the other day, he was speaking at the New York Times Deal Book Conference, which I haven't been to. I've, I've never applied for accreditation and <laughs> I don't think I ever will. Deal Book Conference. Call it something better than that. You're the New York Times. I mean, who's getting excited about that? What are you doing on your Thursday? I'm going to the Deal Book Conference. Is this something that Elon Musk was at? He was there. Yeah, it was. It was just. I saw a clip during the rounds on Twitter, and please go and dig it out if you can. I've seen it. It's four. It's four minutes of Elon Musk making jokes and then looking at the crowd and waiting for a laugh. Yeah, it's painful. And not getting it. It's a bit like this podcast. So this basically, the first ten minutes of Bunker Podcast Live. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're slagging off their press conference and they're doing it wrong, and they've got Elon Musk and Jay Monahan. It's, it's not that. It's not <laughs> doing name. this right. Call it something better than that, like Mega Minds Unites or something like that, or Geniuses Uncut. The Deal Book Conference. Mega minds. So anyway, Jay Morin, he was, he was speaking at that this week and he, he's given it, you know, he's saying all the right things. I, I guess that he's still confident that this deal with PIF is going to happen on time or otherwise. He's making very uh, generous advances towards them. What really struck me was when he said, this, was a, this is what you call burying the lead, ladies and gents. So it kind of went under the radar, but he said, I believe that I am the best leader for the PGA Tour. I was the best leader before June 6th, and I was going to, I'm going to be the best leader for the PGA Tour after all of this. Which is all good and well, but why? You can't just say things like that without any kind of proof or examples. I think I would be really good at running the country, but I can't back that up with any <laughs> proof other than, have you seen who's doing it right now? Actually... Fuck it. I think I'd be a really good king. <laughs> I want I to be king. There you go. I'd be really good at it. What would be your first so, thing you would do if you were running the country? Oh, uh, everyone has to put their Christmas trees up on Christ December the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> no more newspaper columns saying that golf courses should be closed and turned into houses. Yeah, they that, all get, oh, they all get, they all get imprisoned North Korea style. <laughs> the one I saw. Actually, if I was in charge, it probably would turn into North Korea. Jong Bryce. I, I, I saw this. Uh, I don't want to dwell on it because it was performative shite but i saw that latest opinion piece this week and the the person who was writing it was saying not only would this be good for housing the golfers would like this too yeah absolutely they'd love it mate taking away our golf why courses would, would sign me like, up why would we like that that's as far as i got i gave up nonsense but yeah you're, you're quite right alex jay monaghan has to have something to back it up and the evidence overwhelmingly would suggest that he's not the best man to lead the pga tour would it not no i Look, we, we've made our feelings about Jay Monaghan on very clear on this podcast. It almost feels unfair to to sort of keep battering it. I don't, I, the, the biggest thing for me is I don't have any kind of conviction that this deal or any deal is going to get over the line anytime soon. Can you, like genuinely, can you see this peer? What was the deadline for it? Was it December the 31st? Mm -hmm. Yeah, end of the year. So the, the same day that Christmas trees come down, yeah. So I just, there, for me, there's no chance of that happening. It just, it, 
how? How does it happen in a month? If it hasn't happened yet, when's this, what was it, June the 6th, wasn't it? If it hasn't happened in six months, how is it going to happen in the next four weeks? It doesn't, does it? I'm uh, slightly hesitant to, to tear Jay a new one. The guy is in charge of the PG Tour. It's a massive job. Hence, he gets a massive salary. He's done a lot right. Has he made some mistakes? Yes. Has he probably panicked? Yes. The guy's fighting someone who has a bottomless pit of cash. They have got mind-blowing amounts of money. They have already spent billions on Liv, and Liv is not returning anything whatsoever. There is no TV deal. They're really, they're talking about, I know they keep hearing about this franchise and equity stuff. It's meaningless, unless it is a success. Well, 25% go anywhere. nothing is. Yes, exactly. But I, I do, I pity Jay Monaghan. He's up against a massive, massive wall of endless cash. It's hard to fight that. He does have a limit. He does. He's only able to go so far. Hence, Pip. Hence, all the changing of the events. Hence, the massive increase in the Players' Championship. But eventually, they will run out of money. They, they're not going to have the cash to fight Pip. So it's all about... They don't. That's why go, they stopped fighting them. Yes, it's going as far as they can in this framework to a deal that genuinely suits them, but more importantly, suits the players and their future. And I, I, I'm not sure that Piff hold all the cards. They hold all the cards because they have all the money. Yes. They he have, who pays the piper. Yes. They have all the money and they have all the all the cards to say, yes, we'll do that, we'll do that. But then they just need to go, but. And that's that but that is going to be a make or break, Jay. Because if you want legitimacy, you can have your tour and you can have your franchises and everything. And and their events, have we, have we been to their events? Their events are brilliant. They're very, very well run. They, they are. The whole concept of the F1-style sporting team thing, it, it's nailed. they've nailed it, but they are not on TV. And if when they get on TV, Jay's in trouble because you can only show one one golf tournament at a time. And they all they can't play TV. You can't play golf in the dark. So they'll all play. And it's the same problem with the LPGA. LPGA cannot get on TV. It's mm. one biggest problem they have. A lot of golf fighting for not a lot of airtime. Not a lot of airtime. Mm. Yep. So <laughs> there are only so many major networks and they've tried it and it didn't work. So I suspect that the arguing will be over airtime yeah. and eyeballs. And that is that is a huge problem for, for Liv. And if they get over that, it's a massive, massive stumbling block for Jay because he'll be getting all this money coming his way but he's devaluing his own product. And he's not the master of his own destiny because it's not like that That money comes with no strings attached. He can't spend it however he would necessarily choose. He will be answerable to bigger bosses yes. with deeper pockets. Yes. He could. He's, he's, I'll tell you something about Jay Monaghan, right? He has had a very, very, very tough hand. He's taken he over has. from Tim Fincham and he's not had the benefit of a fully healthy peak Tiger Woods like Fincham had. He's also had to deal with a pandemic and try and get his tour back up and running, which he did extremely well. PGA Tour was one of the first professional sports arenas, sports circuits, to get going again. Very quickly as well. You forget, June 2020, they were back up and running. Not mm -hmm. at full capacity, but they were doing it. And then he's had this existential crisis. This has been the one bit that I think he has... You talk about he's made some mistakes. He has made some huge mistakes around live. And... To the point of, you know, he's had to fight them. He never had to. He chose to fight them. They wanted partnership. They wanted what they are now getting. Collaboration. All that sort of stuff. And he went, no, let's have a fight instead. That is an extraordinary 
extraordinary mistake. But then it gets to June I'll, I'll, and we find out he's been having all these discussions and negotiations in the background, effectively doing the dirty on his own players. I know, but I, I get it. Hindsight's a great thing. You know, the LPGA and the LAT are effectively partnered with Liv. He just didn't want to do that because it, it, it was the whole argument about where the money was coming from. And that's and he's answering answering to people above him that they can't do that. I do get it, and it, there would be an easier way around it. But when you're when you're fighting with people who have endless amounts of money, it's not an easy thing to negotiate. No, it's not. And I suspect that there'll be more about Jay that, that we will we will get to. If you were sorry, if you would if you were Monahan, would you be concerned by what Tiger said this week? I mean, he used the the word frustrated at least three times, and. He, he sort of said that in that kind of a, um, he knows that that is not to happen again. It was almost like a sort of parent a, scolding a child. Yeah, it was like, it? A, I mean, it was I like would, a subtle warning, yeah. But if this, is, if this is what Woods is saying in public, imagine what's been said privately between yeah. the pair of them. I suspect that Jay Monaghan will not have the job with this new co. If that's where it ends up, he will not have the job that he thought he would get. Whether Tiger comes out and says it publicly or says it the way he said it, Players have lost confidence in their commissioner, and mm -hmm. that's hard to get back. I think they've lost a bit of respect for him, but they've also lost trust. And trust is hard-earned, easy lost, almost impossible to get back when someone breaks your trust. For, for me, it is, and I'm sure there are lots of other people like that. For others, they'll just be like, oh, fine, water under the bridge. But he, you're right, he has played, paid an awful lot of money to get these decisions right, and he hasn't. And that's why I don't think that he will stick around much or be around much longer in that role. He will be allowed, I think, to see the negotiations through to get to some sort of deal. And that may well be the legacy that he has to ride out on is, you know what, we got there in the end. I've done my bit. And now it's time for, uh, if this is a new entity, it's time for some fresh leadership to take that forward. And you'll be able to ride off into the sunset with everyone saying, good job getting the deal across the line, Jay. I think that's how it will end up. But well, you, you put yourself in Tiger's shoes. Tiger turned, supposedly turned down a billion. He turned down a billion for this. And Tiger's basically turning around to Jay and going, I turned down a billion and you're partnering with them. Mm -hmm. I will tell you what to do. And Tiger is influential. I, I've always wondered whether Tiger would move into some sort of administration role. Do you think he golf? would? Because he is, he's hugely respected. Now, if you are, if you are Honda or you're a Chrysler or you are Ford or these big companies, IBM, and you, you go into a boardroom and Tiger Woods walks in and says, do you want to be part of my golf tournament? That's very convincing. He is an iconic sports figure, not just an iconic golf figure. He's an iconic sports figure. He's an iconic American. You put him in front of those people, it's very hard to turn down. He's hugely influential. It would make sense for him to move into that role. It's whether he wants to do it. That's the question. Do you think he will? I suspect he might. But however, he has said that he's eyeing Champions Tour golf. So Tiger clearly thinks he has the time and space to go and play golf for the next five years. If there's even a Champions Tour left by the time he gets that's, to it. That's a, because you know all what? the best players that's, are going to live. That's a very good point. The champ, However, the Champions Tour is great. If you look at the names on the Champions Tour, it's really, really good. Genuinely, it's our sort of slightly older generation mm -hmm. playing you know, competitive golf and still getting pumped by a granddad, get burned alive. <laughs> but we all suspected they'd have Phil, they'd have Westwood, they'd have yeah. Bolter, they'd have G-Mac, they'd have Kymar, they'd have Jay Monaghan, in, in time Dustin another, Johnson. Another They're point, not going to have those guys. Yeah, true. Another point is that Jay Monaghan had to, had to literally take the stabbing every week from a guy who knows a lot of the secrets at the PG Tour. Mm -hmm. 
and decided to tell everybody about it, yeah. making them look back. He he told everyone their behind the scenes secrets at the PGA Tour, which shafted Jay Morin. Mm-hmm. That has never happened in history. Yeah. The only person I think's done that in the past is Seve when he fell out with the European Tour years ago. Seve was very public about his fallout, and it all got a bit dirty at times. And then they, you know, repaired bridges. Mickelson's got no reason to go back. Mm-hmm. He's just unleashing everything and all their dirty linen, and he's just thrown it out there. That for a commissioner to have to put up with that—that's hard. That's hard to take. There's yeah. not much he can do about and that. And he can't turn around and start shouting no, back because he's a boss. He's exactly. got to lead. Yeah, Phil. There's a story for another day. I do not think history will judge him as kindly as he thinks it will. Anyway. No podder of merit this week, ladies and gents. There was none last week, and we have started too late for the Hero World Challenge this week, so we'll get back to that. But, but, Alex, you have decided to fill the void with a quiz, evidently. Be rude not to, wouldn't it? I get a lot of <laughs> DMs on X saying, no quiz on the pod last week. Disappointed. Do you really? So, I, okay, three, maybe. But... Sorry, I'm getting my paper I'm ready. Back. You can hear me yeah, rustling get your my paper. paper. Ready. I'm getting my paper ready. <laughs> the only paper. DMs I get are porn bots and X these days. And that tells us everything we need to know about your algorithm. <laughs> no, no, that has... Sorry, paper. Alex. <laughs> before before Bryce gets himself into even more trouble with <laughs> HR. This, this, this he's using is paper be because you. his laptop has been stolen by the bosses yes. to have a little look at his history. It's kind of worrying. Ne- let, let, next, week, next week, welcome to the Bunker Podcast next week. It's just me on my own because Alex and Bryce have been cancelled. So <laughs> Fired, <right>. more like. <laughs> I'm going to read out... 10 countries i want you to give me this is a this is a 20 point quiz i want you to give me the first and last major champ or latest major champions from each of these countries that i'm going to read out the first the first and the last for goodness sake there's only a couple there's only a couple of genuinely difficult ones for the first so we're going to write them down play along at home if you want to right i'm going to Give you a little gimme to start. Scotland. <laughs> well, I know the most... Re- is this men only? Oh, sorry. The men... Yeah, men's major champions. I, I didn't have time to go through the LPGAs. Okay. Okay. Typing away. Excellent. Next. Next country. Spain. Next. <laughs> Look at base. Real Spain. <laughs> Third country. The absolute... You know? Oh. Disdain towards my geography knowledge is hugely respected. <laughs> it's justified. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one that Jet 2 goes to? <laughs> I don't fly Jet 2. I fly net jets too. <laughs> oh, no. Flex. The third country is the United States oh, of America. Shit. We're going to have a fallen out about the United States of America, and I'll explain why. When because we get they're there. technically Scottish. Correct. No, so, it's it's the first American born. I'm not interested in oh, American born. Yeah, I'm not interested in the Jim Barnes. You're the not interested in Wee Davy the- Cullen who went to play in the US Open in 1901. <laughs> <laughs> I've just deleted Jock Hutchison. <laughs> yeah. no, first um, American not. major winner. I'm never going to get that. I can't oh. even get the last one. The next country is Australia. Struth. The first men's major champion. Ah, you little ripper! First men's major champion from Australia. Oh, yeah, I think I've got that. And the most recent... Jason. The next country is my homeland of England. The green, green grass. Having to think back a long, long way to their most recent major champion. 
not nearly as far as Scotland. Uh, oh, that that is heartbreaking. By the way, I think I think I've got the first one. First but, Australian. Oh no, I don't. First Australian major champ. That's, that's you're still country, on Australia. That's the country next. That's next door to Norway, isn't it? Yes. Um, okay. Some people call it Iceland, but right. Australia is the the indigenous the term indigenous term. Right. I'm struggling with Australia, as they say in Australia, Shiza. <laughs> right, next up. Sex. Grow up, you two. Come on. <laughs> Germany. Oh, Scheiser. <laughs> German like major champions. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, that's that's easy. Yeah. God's sake, Alex. Seven. DMs about just how shit your questions are. The Republic of Ireland. I'm going to ignore that. Oh, your point. oh no, I've got that. I think. Yeah. What's this? Eight. Mm-hmm. Northern Ireland. Oh, shit. No, I now need to change my previous answer. I very clearly said Republic of Ireland. And not the island of. Mm. Mm. Oh, you... Nope, that's not it. <laughs> oh, no. I've got a big problem there. Next. I'm not going to make a joke about Ireland. <laughs> Just in case. This, was, this, qu- this quiz was actually inspired by my new best mate, Eric Van Royen. So, South Africa. Shit. See if they forget. Oh, my god and last but not least the host country of our recent Ryder cup victory italy the first and last major champions born in italy please born in hang on from italy yes because just the, was, was there was no there was in there was nothing Africa. no sorry Shut there was no up. there was no trick there was no trick there. The, the country they represent no trick questions so the right. only exception to that one is the usa Yes, I'm not accepting all those Scotsmen that went over and made themselves Americans. They were trailblazers. Show some respect. <laughs> there were some Englishmen as well. Oh, I don't see any Englishmen. I'm just going over to New York and build a golf course. No, it never happened. <laughs> it was the Scots that was, took the game to the world, Alex. You was know this. Cockney and Oliver Twist. It was about Michael Beale, wasn't it? <laughs> If you go on Wikipedia, these players are all listed as Scotland, so they're yeah, not Yeah, because you updated the page, probably. <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, that's why I was Wikipedia, doing this morning. That's how to win an argument. You, that's why you were texting this morning going, come on, let's go, let's get... And I was like, guys, I'm, I'm preparing the quiz. Just give me five more minutes. I was actually in Wikipedia. <laughs> right, I've got my answers. I'm, I'm genuinely struggling with the first ones. Are you? Yeah. Can we do some answers? I don't even have their first American. I don't think I do. I've got a name, that's but I don't think it's right. That is really hard, to be fair. Yeah. I'm just going to put Bobby Jones. <laughs> I know it's not because the golf started about 50 years before he was playing, but we're, we're going with that anyway. Right, let's do it. Right, Bryce, give me Scotland then. I've got Willie Park and Paul Laurie. Correct. Two yes. points. I had that. that the same. Yes. I'll just you trust you like, that you did, yeah. Do you want you to, to see it, the answers? You have to do it like Countdown and show him your piece of paper. Okay. Spain, Bright, uh, Michael. Severiano Ballesteros and most recently John Ram. Correct. 1979 Masters, 2023 Masters. Me too. Go on then, USA. Anyone want to stab at the first? <laughs> so you've said, are you going Bobby Jones, really? I'm trying to think another another American. I'll just go Bobby Jones. I've gone Francis Wime. He's French. <laughs> Remember was. I put that in the magazine, it was French. <laughs> yeah. He's not. That caused some angst. Yeah, that went down well. That, that's my best stab, but I don't think it's You're right. You're not a million miles away. John McDermott, 1911 US Open. John McDermott sounds, sounds like he's Scottish. from Pollock. <laughs> Do we know where John McDermott last, was born, Alex? And the last oh. is Brian Harmon. Yeah, Brian Harmon. Correct. Australia. Bryce? Don't have the first. So I'm just... Too late, you don't have the first. You can't I just know chuck names Oh, no, there. it's the guy... Uh, Hang on, Alex, intervene Michael, here, Mr. Quizmaster. Yeah, no, sorry. 
Sorry, I don't have first. Go on my, then. my name's Peter Thompson. And it was the... Multiple. <laughs> 1954 Open. And the last... Cam Smith. Yeah, I've got Smith or Dad. Cameron Peter Smith. Peter Peter Thompson. Right. England, another tough one for the mm. first. Right. Let's hear your name, Bryce. Have you got one? No. I've got Harold Hilton. Just I had John Ball, then I changed it to Harold Hilton. Who's the other one? Should have kept it. Should have no kept way! it. John Ball, 1890 Oh, open. you're joking me. I've got nobody. Oh, and shit. the latest? Matt Fitz. Yep, Fitz. Don't have to go back that far, do you? Snarky. <laughs> Germany, nice easy one. <laughs> uh, Bernhard and Chimera. Yep. Langer Correct. and Chimera. Republic of Ireland. So this is the tricky one. Where's Max Volter from? He's England, but he's he won English. In Northern he Ireland, Northern he? Ireland, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that, right. that was my... I've got it. I don't. Yeah, that's what I had. And then Shane Lowry. I've got Shane Lowry, and I don't have a name. I did have Fred Daly, but I'm pretty sure he's Northern Irish. It was Podrag Harrington, 2007. Was it Oakland? really? No. That's incredible. No way. That is absolutely incredible. My God. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> that's the wrong <laughs> nice. Ireland. Northern Ireland. Who's coming in there? I'll go Fred Daly and Rory McIlroy. No, no, uh, Shane Lowry, sorry. No, no, Northern Ireland. Oh, Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, Fred Daly and Rory McIlroy. Correct. Right. South Africa. I, I've, I've got that wrong. I had Clark, but Rory won in so long. He won the 14 PGA. Yeah, 14. Did you have Clark as your most recent? Yeah, Clark. Yeah. Who did you have for your first? Nobody. McIlroy's won all of his majors since Clark, hasn't he? <laughs> or at least three of them. He... All right, Alex. Can we just do the fucking quiz? <laughs> South Africa. Gary Player. No. I know it's wrong. No. And uh, who's teasing? I don't know. I've got no. Bobby Locke and Charles Schwartzel. Bobby Locke? Bobby Locke, correct. Charles Schwartzel, incorrect. Oh, who's the most recent then? A year after. 2012. 2012? 2012. Oh! He's got Shit, it. it's Ernie Else! Ernie. Yeah. No way! When our I totally man, forget that he won. When our man shot the bed. <laughs> Tell you what, see if Adam Scott shot the bed, I'd still be in the bed. Oh, Jumping alongside Right, oh, moving God. on. Italy, last one. Oh, God. I mean, I don't know. Molinari and the Mil- Molinari. I've gone Francesco twice, the yeah. one and only. First and last. Correct. Yeah, hey! a bit of a tricky question there to finish. Yeah, oh, like, you yeah. little scamp. Yeah, Go I think, on, then. Score that, us Michael. up. How many did you get? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. I got 16 out of 20. Oh, yeah. well played. Bryce? 12. You beat me by four. Hard lines. Good quiz, 12 Alex. Is, 12 good is, quiz. 12 is a good score. 12 good is a good score. You're quite good at quizzes. Quite enjoy that. I know, it's a future, it feels like it's a future career, doesn't it? Yes, a little bit. Don't go anywhere, though. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd want to leave an award-winning team? That's up to you. Right, we'll finish up with Honesty Box. Will we? Because I've got nothing. I've got nothing either. Oh, I, I, we just shoot the shit for two minutes. <laughs> Go for it, Bryce. What would you like to know about us? How what would you like to, to know to about you? I would like to, to know truth or dare. What? What? Truth or dare? Well, actually, what age are your kids, Alex? Seven and four. All right, I was about to slag them off for going to Lapland and stuff. And I was thinking, why did you do it? You're going Six hundred quid for something you know doesn't exist. Uh, right, okay, that's fine. That's the end. Thank you. We'll see you next. Week. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? The, the spirit of honesty box, let's be honest, we completely forgot to pull something together for that. But I think we've rambled on long enough. We've given you Luke Donald. We've given you an awesome quiz and we've given you basically an hour and a half of us. So what more could you possibly want? If you have any honesty box suggestions, feel free to send us a DM, you know, get in touch with the Bunkered Podcast Twitter account. That's now a thing, at the Bunkered Pod. If you're not following it already, then you should be. Or send one of us a DM. I'm not sure. Do DMs still work? They do for me, but I don't really. I think if you're them. following them, maybe. All I right, okay. 
we'll get in touch anyway. But yeah, let's knock it on the head there because there's also some work to be done in terms of magazine stuff. I can see Bryce twitching. So Alex, thank you very much for your time this week. Much appreciated as always. Thank you. Will always we fun. be seeing you in Glasgow next week for the Bunkered Christmas you party? You will. Bryce, actually give, give people a, a little bit of insight into what the Bunkered Christmas party is going to be. Because no, because they might turn up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say when. No, I do. No, it's not happening. Because then someone will phone up the restaurant and cancel. And then I'll be like, nah. Come on, but we're, we're going out for some food. We're going out for Regular some food. Regular listeners know where we're going. No, don't say, don't say, don't say. We're going out for some food and then we're going to go and uh, have a couple of uh, drinks and it could be quite drunken. Yes. No golf. We're no. not going to go to like a, a simulator place. Oh, should we go place? to Royal Mid Surrey and have a round? No. <laughs> no, I was more meaning like one of those bars that has, you know, let, let's go and do crazy golf or something like that. We're not no. doing that. No, we're not doing that. That would be a cliche. That'd be a cliche. We're going to get the other cliche in Glasgow is get pissed and start a fight. <laughs> we'll have I've, fun I've doing that, Bryce. <laughs> Enjoy. I keep hearing about this um, Glasgow kiss. I'm, I can't wait to find out what that is. Yeah, yeah, you'll like that. You'll like that. That happens after the fight. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, so we might be back next week. We might not. No, we probably will. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Callaway, for their continued support. We are almost at the end of another year. So yeah, a couple more episodes to go. Until the next one, bye-bye for now.